You're at the Over or Under Show. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. And man, it's a crazy world we live in. It has no shortages of rabbit holes. I'm not scared of rabbit holes. If you're not scared of rabbit holes, this show is for you. Let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top. Welcome to Over and Under. I'm your host, Ed Henderson, and thank you for streaming the podcast. You know, I just uh, recently returned to doing a little bit of Twittering, a little bit of Facebook. Used to do a lot of Facebook and a little bit of Twitter, but you know, it became obvious to me after being fact-checked. And fact-checkers are a trip, man. I mean, they never really come out, especially when you present something that's an absolute fact. They'll come back and they'll say more context is needed in some very strange language, make it confusing, or they put some type of veil over your thing and warn everybody before you open it up that it might be some type of misinformation, or they're not smart enough to take it and uh, synthesize it and use it as they properly should. So the big problem I had with Facebook and Twitter is they're very much like China, North Korea, and Russia, where they want to have a specific narrative. They are not fans of free speech, and they will shut it down. I mean, probably the most crazy example I could share with you is that I don't know of a dictator, whether it be some Islamic extremist, Ayatollah, Kim Jong-un himself from North Korea. All of them have access to Twitter. They can spew all the hatred, racism, anti-Americanism. But it's our own President Donald Trump that gets banned from Twitter and Facebook. That's just, that's insanity. But anyhow... How do you like the Biden administration? How do you like the country we have? I, I don't, I'm not a big fan. I was, I've never been a big fan of uh, Joe Biden, to be quite honest with you. I always thought he was an empty head, an empty suit. Uh, other than being a pathological liar and getting elected term after term after term in Delaware, which I could never wrap my brain around, it's, I, I just really have no respect for the man. I have respect for the position, you know, but, and I'm not saying Biden is the only politician that's ever been a liar or told a lie, but he would rather lie than tell the truth. You know, most politicians lie when they get into a uh, tight spot. I don't know, maybe they get caught with a uh, a woman other than their wife or, I mean, you kind of get it, but Joe will tell needless lies that are very easy to go back and check up on. We'll go over a couple of those, but I've got a question for you. What were you expecting out of a Biden presidency? Because he really has nobody to keep him corralled. It's not like he's amongst a bunch of senators and his performance kind of really goes unchecked or is not in the forefront. As a vice president, you know, Obama could keep him on somewhat of a leash. He was supposedly his point man on foreign affairs, which was kind of silly. And he and specifically, he was his point man on Iraq, which we all know how that turned out. But Obama's secretary of defense, Robert Gates, said that Biden's been wrong on every foreign policy that he's ever been faced with. Why Obama put him in that position and kept him there for eight years, I, I don't know. There must have been some political calculation in doing so. But I would bring to your attention, do you remember, I don't think that he endorsed Joe Biden until he won the nomination, which is kind of silly. He was his vice president for eight years, you would have thought that would have been an overwhelming endorsement, but it came almost by default. It was either him or Trump. 
Yeah, I don't even know how Biden came out of that group of candidates out of the primary. I guess it just goes to show how little depth of talent the Democrats really have to put Joe Biden up. But maybe it's a political calculation that I don't understand because he did he did beat Trump. And maybe that's why you voted for Biden, because you just wanted Trump regardless of what it cost us domestically, regardless of what it meant to the world as a whole. You just knew that you did not like Trump and you wanted him out of office. I would say to you, it would have been probably best to let him do another four years and then there would he'd be done. He'd be done. As it stands right now, after watching the performance of the Democrats, as they have Congress, as they have the presidency, excuse me, I think we do have a small margin in the Senate, but by all points and purpose, I mean, this is the Democrats. I mean, they pretty much run any program they want through. They've spent trillions of dollars. They've got an open border where you've got population the size of Houston that are moving in to this country. I mean, how do you absorb that into your infrastructure? They seem to be oblivious to any of this. But if you wanted Trump out of office, regardless of cost, you must be incredibly wealthy. Maybe you just thought that Joe was incredibly honest. I I don't get that. A hard working, dedicated family man. You know, Joe tries to push his uh, hard working roots. But I mean, there's no evidence of that after he goes to college. If it was a life of laboring, it was a very short life of labor because he has spent 50 years as supposedly as a public servant, which he has become incredibly rich. If you bought into that narrative that Joe was an honest person or a family man, I'd say you must have been born sometime in the last 18 years at best, and you're not into news politics, and you haven't followed Joe's career, all the different stances that he takes. Before he was a great civil rights leader, you probably didn't know that he was quite the segregationist, but it's all there on YouTube. I wonder sometimes if Joe would have lied throughout his life had he could have even figured out there would be something like a YouTube or the internet or all the things that he was captured and filmed on could be condensed down for the world to see. I wonder if that would have affected what he says to people. Then, you know, maybe you're happy with the way the nation is going. Maybe you're into woke policies. Maybe maybe you're not a big fan of this country and you don't believe it should be the leader, that we should be at the vanguard of technology, of education. Maybe you believe education's forefront focus should be on sexual identity and gender identity. And uh, maybe you're really groovy with uh, the way all that's working out. But at the same time, something that we're all affected by, we all go to the grocery store. You can't be happy with how much your groceries are costing you. You must be seeing all the holes in the stock. Regardless of what Peter Buttigieg tells you about, they, they, they've taken care of the supply chain thing and everything's working great. It might be at his house. Maybe he goes to a different grocery stores than you and I do. But obviously, I've never seen a shortage like this before. And, you know, we're spoiled. I'm not standing in lines like they do in Russia waiting for my ration. I don't want to exaggerate this at all. But it's not an exaggeration when I tell you that I've been on this world almost 60 years and I have never seen our grocery shelves week in and week out look like they do. 
And these are the kinds of things that a president and his cabinet, his staff, they need to be thinking about when you've already started limiting oil production, oil supply, and you've invited everything south of the border, Mexico and all of South America to join you in your country without any regard for infrastructure or what that does put on the food supply. These are the things that you're going to be dealing with. You know, Hunter Biden seems to be the most prolific Biden, but it's Joe Biden. If there is no Joe Biden, there's no Hunter Biden. There's no brothers James and Frank Biden. Yeah, they were, they've been ingratiating themselves off the coattails of Joe Biden probably from day one. But let me share some of their stuff because you might have forgotten about this. In 2012, James Biden, the brother of Joe, all of a sudden decides he's going to be a home builder. And man, he doesn't start off with one or two. He wins a contract for 100,000 homes worth about $1.5 billion. Yeah, these homes are going to be built or were built in Iraq. How he was able to pull this off was Hill International, who is known for managing construction sites and projects, started a new subsidiary just, I would say probably just for this, but I don't know that to be a fact. But new home builders, what they do is they bring James on as a vice president. So when it comes up for bid, well, they get it. They get it. So it's good to be the, the president's brother. Then you've got Frank Biden, who's not a lawyer, but works as a senior advisor at a Florida-based law firm, the Berman Law Group. He meets up with a guy named John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan, which is a law firm. And he's known as a super lawyer, and he's a huge Democratic donator. Mr. Morgan donates $355,000 to the Biden Victory Fund. Of Frank Biden, what Mr. Morgan says is that he's a great guy. I had my jet fly him to the inauguration as reported by Politico. Now, was anything done wrong? I don't know, but I'm thinking that a guy who dishes out $355,000 and makes his jet available to the president's brother to fly him to the inauguration... He's expecting something for his money. Same thing with uh, the Hill Group. When James Biden got that contract for those 100,000 homes, he's not a contractor. He doesn't build homes, but he gets a contract for 100,000 homes. All this is a matter of public record. It's all, all there for anybody that wants to see. I, there was no deep investigation to discover this. You can go read about it. But just like Hunter... There is no James and Frank if there's not a Joe Biden. I think that they were serving their own interests. They were not serving the interests of the American people. And if they don't have the influence of the office of vice president or president to sell, what do they have to make it worth these people to do business with them at this level? Which brings us to the most prolific Biden other than Joe. You've got Hunter. Hunter's been involved in some very questionable business dealings with Ukraine, Russia, and China. And I'll ask you one more time, what does he have to sell other than the influence of his father's office? This is interesting right here. The New York Post reported that Hunter Biden was getting paid $1 million a year, but cut that in half when his father ceased to be the vice president. From May 2014, Hunter was being paid $83,333 a month invoices on his laptop show. 
But an email on March 19, 2017, Burisma executive Vadim Posharki, I probably didn't pronounce that right, asked Hunter to sign a new director's agreement and informed him the only thing that was amended is the compensation rate. And this is what he says in quotation marks. We are very much interested in working closely together, and the remuneration is still the highest in the company and higher than the standard director's monthly fees. I'm sure you will find it both fair and reasonable. So, I mean, he was still making close to $50,000 a month after his father leaves the vice presidency. I guess the company figures that Joe still has those types of political connections and there's some value in worth at it because... Obviously, Hunter doesn't. And another thing that's amazing, I believe Hunter's like in the depths of his addiction at this time with crystal meth, cocaine, prostitutes and hotels. You've seen the pictures. Other than his connection with his father, I ask you, what is his worth to an oil company in Ukraine? Is Joe Biden really that dirty? Is he of such a character that he would compromise the security of the United States? its energy needs, its economy, because I'm telling you right now, I don't know what's on that laptop, but whatever's on that laptop, somebody else has got it. I imagine Russia's got it. Ukraine's got it. China has it. And just the way he's responding to Ukraine is very piecemeal. He's not doing anything decisively. You can't help but think, has he been compromised? Uh, and is China and Russia his, his puppet masters? I don't know if he's a man of that kind of character or not. I, I just know that he's not a man of much character. I just don't know if he would stoop to that level. I don't know if we're talking about actual criminal involvement or just ethical. Is it legal or should you or shouldn't you? I don't know the answer to that. But for those of you that are relatively new to Joe Biden, I take a walk down memory lane, some of them in the way, way back in the past and some of them more recent. Let's look at some of the lying that Joe Biden has done from college right up into his presidency. Uh, in 1987, Biden stated that he went on a full scholarship at Syracuse University. Truth, he attended on a half scholarship and that scholarship was based on need, not academic, but financial need. He said he was named Outstanding Student at the University of Delaware in Political Science Department. This never happened. Said he earned three undergraduate degrees. He earned two. Said he graduated in the top half of law school. He graduated 76 of 85. How would you like him representing you? In his undergraduate studies, he graduated 506 out of 688 with a C average. And I can't help but think Joe probably did some incredibly lying and cheating to get that C average. Biden was charged with plagiarizing part of a law school paper and faced disciplinary action. Some people have said that his plagiarism and that thing would have kept him from even being admitted to the bar in Delaware. Somehow or another, he skated by that. In 1987, he plagiarized part of a speech that was delivered by Neil Kinnock, the former leader of Britain's Labor Party. You ought to go watch those two speeches side by side. The only thing he does is he substitutes himself in the speech. Otherwise, he almost gives Kennecock's speech. I mean, he just absolutely hijacks it. He steals it. And then he says, 
well, when I give that speech out on the stump, I always give credit to Neil. But he, that doesn't even make sense because he puts himself in the story. He injects himself in the story as if it happened to himself. He claimed to be a tractor truck driver. No evidence that he ever was. He claimed he started his college at a historically black university, HBCU. The college has denied this. Said he had families that worked as coal miners. That's not true. They did not work. He had no family members that worked as coal miners. I think he had a grandfather or something that worked in some capacity with coal mines. I don't know if he was like some type of engineer or sold them some type of vendor. He wasn't a coal miner. He lied about it. This is a really good lie that he told. He said that he was arrested trying to see Nelson Mandela. So we had the former mayor of Atlanta. We had, he was also with Martin Luther King when he was assassinated. Mr. Andrew Young was on that trip and he fully rebuffed this story. And he told the reporter, he said, I think that I would have remembered being in South Africa and being arrested. So he he says the story's full. And there's no there's no record. I mean, if we had a senator of the United States that was arrested in South Africa, it would be all over the newspapers in the United States. It would be all over the newspapers in South Africa. Never happened. Yeah, Joe Biden would have you believe that he's some great civil rights martyr. But in reality, he fought to keep schools segregated. He was against busing. Kamala Harris called him out during the primary. I believe Cory Booker did, too. I don't know how it affected Kamala because I would have to see if my time frames are right. But I believe she was going in high school in Canada. She, she, she did all her high school in Canada. That's where her mother worked at. I just don't know how Biden's stance on busing or segregation uh, would have affected her. But she called him out for it, and it's true. You, again, you can go to YouTube, watch him on the House of the Floor. To paraphrase what he said is something to the effect that his children would have to be going to some type of school, calling it a racial jungle, and that it would be chaotic. But you go watch it, check it, you see what he says. So unless he had some incredible, I don't know, conversion, some type of conversion like Paul going to Damascus, this man was, I would say he was a racist, a, a full-fledged racist. But if I'm wrong, and I could be, I mean, even George Wallace converted at the end and begged for forgiveness for his stances during those tumultuous times. Joe Biden could have done the same. You know, on second thought, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he has changed his mind on race and segregation and busing. But with that being said, why does he lie about it? Why can't he come? If George Wallace, who stood in the school and in front of the National Guard to keep black children from entering schools, if that man can be big enough to say, I was wrong and ask for forgiveness, why can't Joe Biden do the same thing? And the answer is, it's not in him. Joe told a New Hampshire crowd that his house had burned to the ground and that his wife uh, just barely got out. It was only by God, God's will that she got out. And the Associated Press reported that it was a minor kitchen fire and there was no visible damage from outside. And I'll just close out on a article that was written by Bernard Goldberg for The Hill. The title of that was, Why Isn't It a Lie When Joe Biden Says Something That Is Not True? And then he points out that President Biden assured us that if 
there's American citizens left in Afghanistan that we would not leave until we got them all out. That wasn't true. He told us that our allies had no problem with our hasty departure from Afghanistan. That wasn't true. He told us that he wouldn't demand that the COVID vaccines be mandatory. That was a lie. He assured us that if we were vaccinated, the chances were near zero that we would not get sick enough to have to be hospitalized. Then he said the unvaccinated are a danger to those who have been vaccinated. He lied once again. I'm telling you, I mean, you could just go on and on and on. So does a habitual liar translate into somebody that would sell American influence in order to enrich his family? I'll leave that to you. To me, he has demonstrated a level of character that I would have to believe that he was open to it. But you are innocent until you're proven guilty. I don't know if the current the current Justice Department will proceed much further than possibly slapping Hunter on the wrist and making him pay maybe taxes on those millions of dollars. But you have to connect the dots. If there's no Joe Biden, we're not talking about James Biden. We're not talking about Frank Biden. We're not talking about Hunter Biden. We're not talking of any of the other family members that have enriched themselves from being related to Joe, Joe Biden. So I'm going to call it right there. That's uh, That's got to be 20 minutes worth of podcast. And I uh, hope I give you something to think about. And man, at the next uh, next election, I wish you would think about what we have paid in order to have a Biden presidency. I don't even know if I'd want to come to the helm if I was a Republican, uh, take hold of this mess right here. But wow, no, Joel, the only thing Joe had to do was get out of the way and let that economy open and back up. He might have went back into the record books as the best president ever. I, I don't know. All the thing I know is what he's doing does not make any type of sense. With that being said, I will pray for his clarity of mind and maybe he'll have a change of heart and represent this country and not be so concerned about everybody else because they've got leadership. Keep those people in mind that are in Ukraine. Really hope we do the right things for them. Not sure that we're supporting them to the level that we should be but pray for those people. And so regardless if Biden's in the office, regardless if Putin is invading the world, we do have a God that is in charge and he sees everything that's going on. It's in his hands that I put my faith in. I will now bid you a fond adieu. Pray that you uh, have a good day. And if you like what you heard here today, hit the subscribe button. And, uh, if Biden's your boy and you're you're happy with everything he's doing for us, leave a few comments and tell me what you like about this administration. All right, out like a scout. See you later. Bye.